This time on Geek Pod Blue. It's like chili and mac and cheese together. Warning, station is now code blue. of Geek Pod Blue. I am your host, Hugh, and I have better things to do, but not quite yet. Now, imagine, if you will, a small area, maybe the area the size of uh, where I live, you know, from Syracuse to Watertown is about 70 miles. You know, imagine 70, 80 square miles. It's not a whole lot of space in the grand scheme of things. Imagine that you are in a small area like that. You know, a Far enough away that there, there's lots of different kinds of people, but you know everybody's probably you know related or at least knows each other through six or seven degrees of something or other. It's it's not like a metropolis with millions and millions of people that don't know each other. Uh, not a big area. Now imagine that suddenly people started disappearing without a trace. The police were unable to find anything. Not so much as a shoe left behind. Now imagine that this went on for years. Let me tell you a story about the Vanishing Triangle of Ireland. Now, within the country of Ireland, Ireland there is a about an 80 square mile area just outside of Dublin which has seen uh, a number of mysterious disappearances uh, between the years of 1993 and 1998. Now, the first disappearance was a 26-year-old student who actually originally came from New York, uh, Long Island in fact, and had uh, moved to Ireland. And on March 26, in 1993, uh, her name is Annie McCarrick, and she went uh, just running some errands around town, you know, wasn't doing anything, you know, special, went to the grocery store and the bank. And then uh, suddenly, she was gone. Now, the last, uh, the last uh, confirmed sighting of her was around 3.40 p.m. Now, there were some rumors that she was seen at a nightclub or a local bar around 9 p.m. leaving with a man. And that was the last time, unofficially, because they were never able to corroborate that, that she was actually there. Now, that doesn't seem like a, a really big deal. You know, people go missing all the time, and, you know, one person missing while sad um, doesn't a conspiracy make, of course. Uh, but this was not the end of it. Now, she goes missing. She misses a dinner at a friend's house and then doesn't show up to pick her up her paycheck the next week. So people start worrying and they call the police and this kicked off one of the most intensive searches ireland has ever had now they were unable to find anything any proof that she was actually with somebody else uh, there was nothing at all to show that she just didn't drop off the face of the planet now this might seem a little odd but three months later 39 year old Eva Brennan disappeared in the foothills of the Dublin mountains. Now, she had just left her parents' house, and she was on her way to her own apartment. Now, uh, interestingly enough, this particular missing, missing person case really wasn't, you know, uh, investigated for quite a while. In fact, the family got very upset because the uh, police weren't doing anything about it. Now, finally, according to Eva's sister, Colette, uh, they decided three months later that they were going to start looking into this. They said they wanted to take fingerprints, but everything had already been cleaned up, you know. Uh, there, it was a, a stark contrast between the search effort 
for Annie McCarrick and Colette McCann's sister. And they were very upset about that. And that did lead to, you know, complaints to the police departments and everything. But then it didn't stop. A year after that, 22-year-old Imelda Keenan went missing. Now, this happened on January 3rd, 1994. The last place she had been seen was walking down the street. This would be quickly followed by a Josephine Dollard, who was 21, who was last seen hitchhiking from Dublin to Kilkenny in November of 1995. Now, witnesses had claimed to see her using a payphone before she disappeared, and a friend of hers corroborated that, saying that she had been on the phone with her, and she had to get off the phone because there was a car approaching, and she was hitchhiking, of course. So, uh, they, they confirmed that that actually did happen. Then in 1996, a 25-year-old hairdresser named Fiona Pender, who was seven months pregnant, in fact, went outside of her house and was never seen again. Now, police believed at the time she might have been murdered and perhaps buried in uh, the mountains nearby, but no evidence was ever found of her. Now, they start connecting these together and realize something's going on. The next case, a Ciara Breen, was 17. She went missing from her home on the night of February 13, 1997. Now, that night, she had gone out with her mother. They had uh, gone to a local cafe, and then they came home and watched TV. They went to bed around 12.25 a.m. Now, at 1.50 a.m., Clara's mother went into the bathroom and peeked into you know, Ciara's room to, just to see if she was asleep, and she was gone. She hadn't taken any of her belongings. She was not known to sneak out of her house at night. I was just very unlikely. Unlikely, she was there and then she was gone. Now, that's pretty scary. Somebody disappearing right from their house. The following year, in 1998, there was another bizarre disappearance when an 18-year-old uh, student teacher, whose name was Deidre Jacob, uh, just suddenly vanished. Uh, several motorists had seen her walking around after some er errands in broad daylight on a very visible road. Now, she had been walking down that road her whole life. And neighbors said that she had made it within about 200 yards of her, her parents' house, but just never got there. They had seen her 200 yards away from the house, and she never arrived. How strange is that? That same year, there was another vanishing. 19-year-old Fiona Sinnott, who was last seen leaving a bar uh, in a, a, town, a pub in Broadway County, Wexford, with her boyfriend, uh, who claimed the next day uh, that she'd gone off for a doctor's appointment and just never came back. Now, again, they thought, well, you know, they always think the boyfriend did it, so there were rumors of a murder and everything, but they were never able to find anything. And with so many disappearances happening in the same general area, um, all of the media started calling it the Vanishing Triangle. Uh, now, this is generally, uh, the term Vanishing Triangle refers to an area that stretched from a place called Wexford in the south to Louth in the north and Offaly in the west. And Dublin is, uh, I think, around directly in the middle of here because this was 80 square kilometers around Dublin. Now, in all of these cases, uh, there were some, some similarities. They all disappeared within the same area. Uh, they were all e women between from late teens up to 40 who were all described as looking very young, even the, the older ones. In every case, the victim vanished, and there was nothing weird about it. I mean, other than the fact that they, they vanished. They were there one second, gone the next. No physical evidence, you know, left behind. The physical profile also is very similar in all these cases. So uh, there was an, a private investigator, Brian McCarthy, said, you have the same profile, young, attractive females who have all disappeared inside a very close geographical triangle. The common denominator is there's no evidence left behind. There's no evidence at all. No shoe, no belt, no purse, no watch, nothing. Now, clearly, it was at this time they started to realize that they may have a serial killer on their hands. Now, there have been other uh, disappearances in this area um, prior to this a slew of disappearances. Uh, back in 1987, 
uh, there was the disappearance of a 27-year-old uh, mother named Antoinette Smith who turned up dead in the foothills of the Dublin Mountains. And then there was another case, uh, a woman named Patricia Doherty, who was 34, vanished while shopping only to turn up in the same mountains in June of 1992. Now, there have been other remains found in the region, but they weren't identifiable, so the authorities were never able to find out who these people were. Now, in 1998, uh, right after the Senate vanishing, uh, they set up a special task force called Operation Trace. Now, they were trying to track down any information to help them solve these cases. They focused on the six main vanishings and came to the conclusion that all of these women had likely been murdered and that at least a few of them were definitely linked. Uh, the leads were pursued. And they looked at several suspects, but there was never enough evidence to make anything stick to anybody. Despite interviewing tons of people and poring over all the available information, there just was no uh, nothing other than circumstantial evidence. There was no actual proof. Now, one of the most promising suspects they had uh, was a man named Larry Murphy. You know, he was a, a rapist and pretty much a bad guy who was arrested in 2000. He had uh, kidnapped a local woman, threw her in his, his, his car you know, trunk, and then raped her several times on the wilderness. Now, he was going to try to kill her, he was going to strangle her, but he was caught in the act by two hunters who just happened to be in the area, and was arrested trying to flee. So he was convicted of 15 years in prison, and it was suspected that he may have been behind some of these disappearances, at least a few of them. He lived in the same area where Dollar and Jacob had vanished, and was similar in appearance to uh, the man that uh, McCarrick had been seen uh, leaving the bar with. Now, he has maintained to this day he had nothing to do with the Vanishing Triangle, uh, but, you know, who knows? Uh, he was uh, such a, a badass or a bad guy, he was actually dubbed the Beast of Balting Glass by the media. Now, despite all of this, it just wasn't enough to actually link him to any of the crimes. And, you know, that was pretty sad because, you know, th this guy, I mean, the, the disappearance has stopped while he was in prison. He's probably the best suspect they're ever going to have. And unless he decides to make a deathbed confession, we're never going to know. And I think that that's really... The saddest part of this. Now, th there were a few other people they looked at. There was a, another rapist and murderer named Robert Howard, who uh, the media had nicknamed the the werewolf, and there was a member of the uh, the IRA, the uh, Irish Republican Army, who was uh, kind of a complicated story. But she may have left the bar. One of the girls may have left the bar with this person who let some top secret information they weren't supposed to let go, and there was. Basically, a lot of accusations that the IRA covered a lot of stuff up, uh, but no proof in that either. I mean, every single one of these theories uh, is a theory in, you know, the most tenuous way. There, there's no proof at all to show that any of these people actually did it. And I think that's the saddest part because these families, I mean, this far after this are never, ever going to get closure. This is one of those things, like I said, unless there's a deathbed confession, we're never going to solve this mystery. You know, it's going to go down in history as an un every one of these is going to be an unsolved uh, kidnapping and murder. And there's nothing that is really going to change that unless somebody decides to come forward and decides, yep, I want to spend the rest of my life in jail. But, you know, in closing, I'd like you guys to think about that. I mean, that's pretty scary. You're thinking that if there was somebody operating in your neighborhood, in my neighborhood, capable of doing things like that, capable of taking people that we love away and we never found out why, never found out where, never found out if they were alive. I can imagine the not knowing is far worse than knowing that somebody is, is dead. At least if they're dead, you have the chance to grieve and move on. But if you never know, that must eat away at you forever. So much that you just can't take it and you decide, God, it's time for some news for my head.
and it is time for the news, and there is a lot to talk about, but maybe the biggest news could be the fact that GeekPod is returning. Yes, the Mothership program will be recording this weekend. Now, I know it's been a while since we did a new show. Uh, nothing to worry about, just the summer. You know, family commitments come up, vacations, things like that. We just weren't able to get together. Paul and I have been very busy. So we're looking forward to getting into the studio this weekend. Hopefully, I'll have some news to talk to you about if something happens between today and Saturday. Uh, when we record. Uh, we also may have a special guest, so that's something we are looking forward to. Uh, the other big news, uh, before we get into the regular news, is I've been getting some text messages that are uh, positing the identity of our Mr. Blah, who, from the letter section, the one who I said was a coward hiding behind a fake name. Now, I, these rumors are a bit disconcerting because People are pointing me in the direction of GeekPod's own Miss Laura. I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm going to continue digging, and if I find out any information, I will be sure to pass it on to you in my weekly show. So let's get into the actual news. Uh, first up, this weekend, something else big is happening on Saturday, something possibly bigger than GeekPod recording again, and that is the premiere of Disney's all-new DuckTales reboot. Now, if you don't know what DuckTales is... Um, I don't know you. Go away. I can't even think of anything else to say that isn't just over-the-top rude. And I don't really want to go there, but it's DuckTales. And it is being uh, rejiggered or retooled, as it were, for a new generation. Uh, you know, updated uh, animation, uh, which isn't too too different. It is different, but it's not like wacky different or something. Uh, it's not like they turned it into a you know an anime or something. But uh, we have David Tennant, the former 10th Doctor from Doctor Who, as the voice of Scrooge McDuck, and he sounds fantastic. If you've not seen any of the, uh, the shorts or little clips they've released, it looks like it's going to be an awesome show. Also confirmed this week is that Darkwing Duck will be making an appearance along with some of his rogues gallery. Uh, that is also exciting. If you remember, Darkwing Duck was a spinoff of DuckTales back in the 90s, featuring uh, a duck-themed superhero kind of based off the shadow, or possibly possibly Batman, who was also based off the shadow. So based off the shadow. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a, a very regular recurring character, but it's nice that uh, this character is going to get some love, and who knows, it might lead to uh, some more resurgence and another retooled show, and we might get Darkwing Duck back. Um, next up, Carl Urban is in talks with Rebellion for reprising the role of Judge Dredd in their upcoming Dredd TV series. Wow. Now, I know I said that I thought this was a possibility way back when. If you remember, possibly one of the first news segments I did for Geek Pod Blue. And look at that, I was right. If only more people would just accept that, things would go easier and smoother. Um, Carl Urban basically said, you know, if they want me, I'm there. Now, there is a lot of concern over whether this would or would not be a direct continuation of the movies, or if at least happens in the same universe. Also, over whether it would uh, focus on... Uh, Judge Dredd uh, himself, because it is being uh, called Mega City One. So it may focus on multiple judges, but that might actually be a good thing. Uh, seeing that Carl Urban is a very in-demand actor in Hollywood, it would be nice if he had a TV show that maybe once or twice a season, Judge Dredd could make an appearance, uh, but was not the focus of the show. Uh, that might actually increase the uh, longevity of the show, giving fans something to look forward to in between those episodes, giving the producers and the writers uh, basically free reign to, to craft an interesting world and not just make it about one guy. I'm certainly looking forward to that more than I'm looking forward to a lot of things. 
Uh, next, Mila Jovovich, or Jovovic, I'm not sure, has been cast as the bad guy or uh, evil villain in the new Hellboy reboot. Now, we are guessing that she must be the Blood Queen because originally it was going to be called Hellboy Rise of the Blood Queen, uh, but that title has since been dropped. It was just for promotional purposes, and they weren't sure they wanted to use that title. But there's no reason to think that this character she's playing is not the aforementioned Blood Queen. Now, this is an interesting change of pace for her. While she's not unfamiliar with genre movies, uh, Mila has generally been the good guy. She played the good guy in uh, so many movies from The Fifth Element to the entire Resident Evil series, which, while they're crap movies and they hardly qualify as zombie movies, I love them to death, uh, but she's always been the good guy. So it's going to be very interesting seeing her uh, as the, the bad guy. I, who knows? I mean, it, it could be good, it could be bad, but we're going to have to wait and see. Certainly, there are a lot of expectations on this Hellboy reboot, and it, at least if, if they're going to cast people and they're going to recast the the show, I mean, they're picking good people. David Barber looks like he can pull off Hellboy. Uh, Mila, I mean, I've liked her and everything she's done. I, I would go to a movie just to see her, so... Um, Let's see where that goes. Next up, The X-Files, as you know, had a resurgence last year with a six-episode season, and it was met with a, a mostly positive reviews, definitely good ratings. Uh, there are a few things that people complained about, and that was the mythology episodes. Now, if you don't know what a mythology episode is, let me give you some knowledge. Um, in, in most shows, if there is an ongoing, deeper story where you need to have watched the past stories to understand um, current stories or future stories, they're referred to mythology as, as mythology episodes. If uh, in between those episodes, they have one-offs. Now, I mean, th this doesn't apply just to the X-Files. Let's say you're talking about a cop show and there's a long, drawn-out investigating corruption deep within the, the police. Uh, and then, you know, every, that happens every few episodes, and then the other episodes between them are just catching bad guys. Those would be standalone episodes. They'd be normal ones. The ones that deal with the ongoing story would be mythology episodes. Uh, so in X-Files, that's how we define those. The ones that deal with uh, the long, long-running storylines or mythology episodes. And people, while, I mean, I enjoyed them, uh, some people thought, thought they were the weaker links in this current season. So they are ditching mythology episodes for the most part in this new expanded 10 episode season. I believe that I read that they're only going to do two mythology episodes and the rest are going to be standalone, kind of like Monster of the Week episodes. And the good thing about that is that is always what, when in the original X-Files, the strongest episodes always were those standalone episodes. Not that the mythology episodes can't be good. Some of them were fantastic. But the standalone episodes were always stronger. I think the same thing can be said about shows like Supernatural and even Doctor Who. When they're not trying to fit things into an ongoing story arc, um, sometimes the best storytelling happens between those big moments. Uh, finally, the last thing we have to talk about in the news this week, and this has me so excited. This it just happened. It was just announced. Brian Fuller went to Twitter and made a, a huge, huge announcement. Now, uh, if you know me, you know I loved Hannibal, the TV series, the NBC t c TV series. Uh, Hannibal was fantastic. Uh, just an amazing, amazing television show, and I was sad when it ended, and it certainly ended in a way where it could have continued, and they actually planned on continuing it, but NBC would not renew it. Now, apparently, per the contract, they were not allowed to start discussions about reviving the show in some form, whether it be NBC, whether it be Netflix, whether it be a TV movie, a theatrical movie, whatever form it takes, they were not allowed to start those discussions 
until two years after the finale of season three had aired. It has now been two years, and Brian Fuller went to Twitter and uh, tweeted out that talks have begun. That has me excited. You want to know what's got me geeked for Saturday? I'll still be geeked about this. Any chance to see those actors uh, back on screen in those roles? I mean, if you have not watched Hannibal, I don't know, whatever streaming service has it right now, go watch it. You will not be disappointed. Uh, when, if they do happen to get something together, I am sure that that is going to be the TV event of the year, at least for myself. Uh, but hey, that's just my opinion. Your mileage may vary. And it is time for the Geek Pod Blue mailbox. And uh, we have uh, some new faces this week, or I should say new names, or maybe not new, but uh, haven't heard from in a long time. At least it's more than just the Nick Mormon and Michael Blah show this week. Uh, first up, we've got uh, Webcam Nick writing in, and I am opening the email right now. It's, uh, he says, sorry about your awful sleeping night camping. Well, thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. Glad you care so much. Also, I agree with you that they might kill Hawkeye, and I'm not happy about it. Uh, well, neither am I, and in an interesting note, apparently uh, the Deadpool comic this week made fun of Hawkeye's death uh, all the way back in uh, Avengers uh, Disassembled, uh, or was it Unassembled? No, it was Disassembled, um, it, which uh, I thought was interesting. Uh, if you've read the comic, uh, he uh, basically, you know, something hits his quiver, and it, he realizes it's going to set off his... Uh, his exploding arrow. So instead of taking the quiver off, he jumps on a rocket that's headed toward that ship. Uh, the Kree, it's a Kree ship attacking and, uh, uh, rides the rocket all the way up. And when his uh, quiver blows up, it blows up the ship. And, uh, in uh, Deadpool, basically something similar looks like it's going to happen. And, uh, one of the characters makes the uh, response that, Oh no, everybody with a quiver has a quick release mechanism just for that kind of occurrence. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but yeah, I got to agree with you, Nick. Um, do you think the Punisher is going to be any good? Well, I, I, think it's a different kind of show. I want to see if they are going to try to play him as an actual hero, an anti-hero, or just a, you know, psychopath uh, who's, you know, relatable in some way. I mean, it, it, it's a tough show to make because he really is a mass murderer. You know, he is a serial killer for all intents and purposes, but he's considered one of the good guys. So uh, those concerns aside, I mean, yeah, I mean, Netflix has done a great job. They've uh, everything they've done, I feel, has been a hit. And I am really looking forward to John Bernthal's uh, full run as the Punisher. Uh, next up, have you seen any of the cable pictures for Deadpool? Yes, I did see the picture of Josh Brolin as cable. I've got to say, while it's not bad, I feel like the face he was making with his finger up to his lips and going, shh, you know, a very a playful face is not something that I associate with Cable. I also feel like he's too small. And it's not that Josh Brolin is too small, but they should have armored him up more to make him look bulkier. Uh, it's very strange. And mind you, I'm not saying it's a bad costume. It's definitely a good costume, but it's not how I would have imagined he would look. I guess we'll just have to see if that translates well to film or if maybe they change that up uh, between now and then. And lastly, and if Thanos gets the Mind Stone, won't Vision die? Uh, well, I certainly think that's possible. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Vision could exist without that. I mean, I, th that's something we're going to have to wait until the movie happens to see. I I feel like killing Vision would be a cop-out if they're going to kill a character in Infinity Wars. They've got to kill one of the human characters. They also haven't even begun to explore the whole Scarlet Witch, uh, Vision, romance thing. And it, it seems like it'd be weird for them to start to explore that and then kill him. 
I don't feel like killing an android has the same emotional weight as killing an actual person, especially because an android can just be rebuilt or brought back, you know, to, to varying degrees. So, uh, I don't know. I think he's actually going to survive, and I think it may, uh, it may change his state so that he has to learn how to be uh, maybe a less superpowered being or something. I, I think he'll survive and he will struggle with the transition from having all the power that Stones gives him to, you know, having none of it and just being a plain android. Uh, thanks for the questions, Nick. Uh, we're going to move on to Al Sedano, uh, whom we haven't heard from in a while. Thank you for writing in, Al. He says, which TV show doesn't have to be based on a comic would you want to be a part of? Well... I mean, Doctor Who would be fun going to a different place all the time. Um, love Supernatural, but that would be kind of scary because, you know, I, I'd get killed off. Uh, what TV show would I want to be a part of? I'm trying to think what other ones are out there that maybe have, you know, vast, interesting worlds. So what would be an interesting world to live in? Um, I mean, certainly not Game of Thrones because, I mean, that's just deadly and, you know, there's lots of poop everywhere. Uh, Man, this is what happens when I get put on the spot. Uh, yeah, that's all my fault. That's what I wanted with this letter section. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's copping out, but I, mean, I don't think you can go wrong with Doctor Who. It's funny. I get to ask this question, and I can't think of a single freaking TV show that I watch, except for, like, three. Um, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Uh, oh, wait. Hold on a second. This was a multi-part question, and I didn't, I didn't realize it. It says... Okay, oh, okay, no, he asked, okay, all right, all right, I got this out. He actually, uh, there's a second part to these questions. Would you be a hunter on Supernatural? Well, if I had the option, of course I would, but we know what happens to all hunters that aren't named Sam or Dean. Uh, they die. Hopefully I go out well and get a great hunter's funeral. Live in National City with Supergirl? Eh, I could take it or leave it. Um, I'm, I like the show, but not as much as I do a lot of other shows. Uh, sometimes it's... I don't know, a little too light, but I think it fits the character well. I don't feel like living in National City would be much different than living in any other city. Uh, certainly that world uh, wouldn't have a huge impact on me unless I was, you know, friends with Supergirl or had superpowers myself. Finally, a companion to the Doctor, and if so, which one? Of course I would do that. Yeah, I, well, thank you for leading me on this question. I wish, well, I wish I'd realized that in the beginning. So I have to pick a specific companion and not just be myself? Who would I want to be? Um... Well, come on. Who could possibly be more fun than Captain Jack Harkness? You know, if you, and it's sad that we never really got him to travel, see him travel with the Doctor a whole lot. But you know, out of all the male companions, he was kind of the only one that didn't suck in some way. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna face it, uh, not talking about the really early ones, because you know, frankly, I, I don't remember enough of the real early years, like you know, Stephen and and those guys, but. Uh, if we were going to talk about Harry Sullivan, I mean, he was kind of an idiot. Um, Adric was a douchebag, uh, and if he was around today, he'd probably, you know, love Twilight and, you know, be a Justin Bieber fan. Um, beyond that, do we have any other male companions in the main run? Uh, Turlo was a traitor and super awkward. Uh, we get to... There's the TV movie, uh, Lee Chang, I, whatever. You know, he was a crook. I wouldn't want to be him. Get to the new series. Yeah, I mean, Captain Jack. And then there's um, 
Rory, who was just basically the guy attached to Amy. So, yeah, most of them all really suck except for uh, Captain Jack. So if I had to pick one of those, it would be Captain Jack Harkness. And, of course, when I'm done with the Doctor, I get to go run Torchwood. That's not a bad gig at all. Thanks for the question, Al. We're going to move on to Michael Blah, or, you know, should I say Laura Blah? Actually, I haven't heard anything more about this. Uh, I still just heard that rumor, and I'm waiting for uh, further evidence, so we'll have to see says, no commentary this week, just questions. Aw, somebody must have got their feelings hurt. Who is the best female character in comics? Jessica Jones. I didn't even need to think about it. She's at least my favorite female character in uh, a comic books because she's the most flawed and uh, she's the most realistic as far as I'm concerned. What event would you love to get GeekPod invited to? Well, San Diego Comic-Con, of course. Uh, or even um, New York Comic Con or anything big where we can mingle with the stars and hopefully, you know, get them on, on mic, you know, on exclusive interviews. Something like that would be great. Um, do you think Webcam Nick's show would benefit from a GeekPod guest appearance? Uh, well, I kind of feel like any show is going to benefit from a GeekPod, you know, uh, guest appearance but i mean of course webcam nick i mean if he's interested in hooking up something like that i think we're game for it uh next what would a geek pod tv show be like have you ever seen attack of the show it would be a lot like that but funnier yeah I, I, I don't know i think that's what it would be like i think it would be kind of a mishmash of um comics tv movies video games um news commentary uh kind of like you know what i like i want this show to be uh, i think it'll be a lot of fun uh coming up with uh, lots of gags and stuff uh moving into the visual medium there'd be so much more that we could do you know as far as you know if i want to tell a joke here i have to tell a joke uh when you have the visual element there there's a lot more that you can do so i think that would be a, a lot of fun and finally what superpower would each member of geek pod have and why hmm well I think Paul would just be strong. He would have uh, probably Superman's powers. You know, just he, he, he probably, you know, strong, maybe fly, things like that. Um, Laura. Laura would have the ability to drink everybody under the table with her freaky third kidney. Um, Webcam Nick certainly couldn't do that because, you know, his superpower is getting white girl wasted, as we all know. Um, I think, uh, Jack and Corb's superpower would be showing up every once in a while. Um, is there anybody else? Am I missing anybody? I don't think I'm missing anybody. Finally, we'd have to talk about uh, my superpower. Oh, what I would want it to be. I don't know. Maybe reading minds. Cause I think that's, that's about the most powerful a superpower you could have. What it would probably end up being is... The ability to fart nearly on command. I mean, most likely that's what mine would be if we're going to, you know, follow reality and not um, superpowers and comic booky stuff. Thank you very much for the questions, Lord Michael. Uh, and I have one more letter for you guys. And interestingly enough, it is from Paul. Paul Showens has written into the show, and he, uh, the subject line is on this is okay. I want in on this. So he says, "Long time listener, first time caller. I like that." <laughs> Who do you think is the greatest comic book artist ever? And he, next he says, what about writer? Um, I'm going to have to go uh, with... Man, I could really use a pause button here right now. Um, but the guys that worked on the original run of Hellblazer, same guys who did Preacher, uh, Steve Dillon and 
and the name escapes me, but um, I, I would say that those, that would be my favorite pair, probably. Um, as far as if you're going to go beyond that and just separate it, no, no, actually, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to run with that. Um, you know, while I'm talking here, I am just going to look this up because I have a computer and I can do that. So let's take a look. Uh, Hellblazer, I would like to find out who started it. It looks like right now the writer is Peter Milligan. And main series, Jamie Delano. I like Jamie Delano a lot too. Um, Dave McKeon is fantastic as well. Tim Bradstreet, oh man, there's a Tim Bradstreet cover for a Hellblazer uh, comic I wicked like that uh, I just can't find. It doesn't exist anywhere. Um, but yeah, this one actually required, oh, Garth Ennis as well. Man, look at me. Um, I, I'm going to have to uh, kind of, uh, I guess, fudge that one because that really took me up by surprise. You know, I don't even think about the artists and the writers that I used to like because I'm always concerned with who's currently out there. Uh, but that's a great question. If you could have any co-host in the history of like ever, who would it be? Answer honestly, I won't get butt hurt. Um, considering that I've never considered doing the show, the main show without Paul, um, I don't know. If we're talking in the history of ever, who would make a, a fantastic uh, guest host permanently? I'm not going to say Arsenio Hall, because he kind of creeps me out. I don't know, Kevin Smith would be pretty awesome, wouldn't he? Having him as a guest host, you know, a co-host all the time. I don't know, though. He talks about himself all the time. He's really funny when he does that, but that would get really old if you, like, were anybody but Kevin Smith. Um, you know, eventually you get sick of hearing about him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's really my honest answer. I've never thought about hosting a Geek Pod without, any, or without Paul you know, at my side. And of course, my own show isn't looking to replace that, just trying to do something different and get something out there more. So yeah, that really is the um, honest answer, um, whether you got butt hurt or not about it, I, whatever. Next question is, say twat waffle. I just did. You know, I would have done that. You, know, you could have just texted me and say, hey, say twat waffle on the show. And I would have done that. You didn't have to write in. And it says, I just wanted to hear you say twat waffle. Now you've heard it like three or four times. F. Mary Kill, Lightning Round, go. Medusa, She-Hulk, Tigra. Um, in that order, uh, She-Hulk, Tigra, Medusa, or Tigra, She-Hulk, Medusa? One of the three. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd go uh, She-Hulk, Tigra, Medusa. Um, what should I use for a WTF on the next episode of Geek Pod? Um, I don't know. Am I... <sighs> I'm still in the middle of coming up uh, with content for the show I'm currently recording, and I don't really uh, have anything for you, but I will try to think of something and have it ready by Saturday. Of course, it wouldn't do uh, well if I re revealed it on uh, Mike anyway. So next up, should we drink beer this week? Really? It's like I don't even know you anymore. Should we steal this bit for the flagship show? Uh, we certainly could, but uh, if, if we do that, we're going to steal all the people writing letters into my show. You know, I'll two or three of them, so um, that could be bad. Uh, and he says, say twat waffle one more time. Okay, I'm done. This is fun. I see why everybody has responded to this. I think it's fun, Paul, especially because it, it, sometimes I think of things I wouldn't have thought of, and sometimes I say things I don't think I would say, uh, and sometimes I just sound stupid, which I'm sure is great for you guys. So 
Um, that was the letter segment, and that pretty much wraps up the show. I want to thank everybody for writing in this week. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show, and I want you to make sure that you tune in next week when I am going to show you how to make your own bat shark repellent out of an empty pizza box, a tampon, and four ounces of Old Spice. Till then, tuck and roll, kids. GeekPod Blue is a GeekPod Network production. Executive producers Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Concept created by Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Intro is Opportunity by Jameis Breed. Closing is Bucket by Jameis Breed. Both licensed for use by Dennis Johnston. Want to help the show? Leave a five-star rating on iTunes. GeekPod can be reached at contribute at geekpod.com or send us a tweet at geekpod. That's G33KPOD. You can also find GeekPod on Facebook and Instagram. G33KPOD. That's G33KPOD.